0: Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Heart First Podcast. If you are a returning listener, thank you for coming on today. I love you so much. And if you are a new listener, welcome to the Heart First Podcast, the place that we heal, grow, and rise together. Now, I have a really exciting topic for you, but before that, I just want to say happy freaking New Year. It is the first week of Jan 2023 and I am coming in with such a powerful energy that I'm really excited to see where it takes me. I hope that you had a beautiful new year either bringing it in with friends or family or maybe like me you had a really wholesome um, solo New Year's. I went to bed at like 10 o'clock Um, which was really nice. It's the second year that I've had a really quiet New Year's Eve, and I think that I am becoming that person. Um, Not to say that that will ever change. You just never know. But anyway, today we are talking about triggers, and I've got a little freebie that is going to be at the end of this podcast. So make sure that you either go and download it if you feel like this is going to help you. But today I'm going to really get into why triggers are the key to your healing journey and why they are the key to you manifesting your dream life, right? So when it comes to triggers, it's such a powerful way to begin to see what life is presenting you in terms of the work that you need to do, right? Because The universe's primary goal is to always get us back into our most whole and authentic self. And throughout our life, through societal conditioning, through our programming, we've picked up a lot of bullshit. We've also experienced a lot of trauma and whether that be big T or small T, which is like big trauma or small trauma, it can it can sort of stay stagnant inside our inside of our body and unless we actually heal the wound we're going to encounter a lot of triggers in our life right so a trigger is an external situation that happens that causes a deep emotional response inside of you so like i said the universe is your guiding mirror your life is your guiding mirror life is always in ceremony showing you the areas of yourself that need work and need for you to look at. And when we get triggered, it's an opportunity for you to begin to look at like oh why why did that trigger me? Or why am I so upset, right? Because a trigger can often feel like this big punch to the gut or a slap to the face or it feels just like a really visceral response inside of your body where you're like so triggered by something that was potentially very well meaning. And so when I say that life is your guiding mirror, I think it's really important to expand on this and just chat through like the fact that life is always going to be in ceremony and it is always going to be showing you the areas of your life that you need to look at. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you're somebody who really wants to take responsibility for every outcome in your life right? This is an empowering place where we take control of our future, where we really, we really choose to decide differently. And we know that doing the work and healing is the is the vehicle that is going to take us towards our dream life because when we raise our self-worth which happens through the healing process when we are coming from this more empowered space and we know that we fucking deserve the best out of life we make way different decisions and essentially we are like quantum leaping towards a whole new reality because we're coming from this whole new space, right? And I don't believe that your future is ever set out for you. I believe that we are always creating it with every single word, action, thought that we take. And it's really important to know that like where you are now, you can experience huge huge shifts and huge changes if you choose to build your self-awareness and realize that, life is really happening for you. And your job is to begin to make decisions and begin to take action towards the things that you really want out of life, right? So a really good um, way to describe a trigger is, but in a, it was a chapter in um, The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. And I may have spoken about this before, but essentially what happens is, Something has happened in our life, like a a significant event, but then also it can be really, really simple things, like really um, small things that don't actually have to seem like they have a huge impact, right? Right. A really good example, just as a side note, is um, I remember once in kindergarten, my um, the teacher, I used to eat the icing off the cake and throw out the cake like I just didn't want a bar of the cake. And I remember one day when um, there was a birthday there a birthday at kindergarten, the teacher said to me, well, you're not getting any cake because you just throw out the cake and um, don't eat the icing. And that was for my inner child. That was extremely, (laughs) that was extremely traumatic. I didn't actually realize that, that, that really affected me until, you know later down the line when i started doing this work and i really did the subconscious work to bring forward the memories that were controlling my behavior moving forward right because it's very layered it doesn't need to be this huge traumatic event for it to impact you and for you for it to drive your adult behavior and so i've said this before as well it's really important to understand that when we are kids we ex- we we don't have the capacity to think logically and we don't have the capacity to rationalize and so we we think in a very black and white we think in very absolutes and so for example me not getting the cake that day off for that that adult to say, well, you're not getting any cake. I thought it was, it made me bad. It made me wrong. I had done the wrong thing. And essentially I was shamed for doing something that was so innocent, like eating the icing on the cake and throwing the rest out. Like I just wanted the icing and I was just made to feel wrong. And I was shamed in that moment and everyone else got cake and I didn't. Right. And that like, even talking about that, that makes me feel sad for my inner child. Um, So it's just really important to know that trauma doesn't need to be huge for it to be impactful. Moving on, um, as I was saying, a really good way to look at this is like a thorn in your arm. And like I said, Michael A. Singer, from the, who wrote The Untethered Soul, really spoke about this in one of his chapters. And he talks about how we are essentially always walking around with the pain with a with a thorn in our arm and the thorn is the thorn represents our trauma it represents all the things that have happened in our life that we've held in our body and we've never actually fully processed or really taken the time to heal and so these wounds sit inside of ourselves or this thorn exists inside of our arm and all we ever do is we, we go around life trying not to knock the thorn in our arm because it hurts So we are like avoiding banging it, avoiding knocking it until one day accidentally somebody rushes up against that thorn in your arm and you go, ouch, because it hurts, right? And so this is a really great example because the most logical thing to do is to rip out the thorn and heal it so that it no longer becomes such a thing that gets in your way of living your life and this is what our trauma essentially does or like i said even those small impact in small impact um, traumas that happen along the way right and this is such a beautiful example of why the universe is your mirror and it will always be mirroring areas of your life that you essentially need to heal So some more examples, so some triggers and let's get into some story time. Um, And this is actually a really funny one and I'm not going to share any names here, but I want to share an an argument that happened with this guy that I was seeing once. Um, And I hope he doesn't listen to my podcast because that would be awkward. Um, But yeah, I just want to share this. Like I said, no names, very private and confidential in that manner, but what happened was we were um, we were literally texting and he sent me a photo of his breakfast. And there was literally like five eggs on the plate. And um, I and I, I remember saying, Oh my gosh, that's so many eggs. And he was like, Oh, there's another one underneath this, as in there were six eggs. And I responded, ha, liar, or something like that. And he went off his absolute nut. He was so triggered by the fact that I called him a liar, that it was like this knee-jerk reaction where he felt so angry, so mad, and he took it so personally, right? And me having the self-awareness that I have, I could notice that I had really hit a nerve and there was potentially quite a lot of work that he needed to do around this shadow word of um. Being a liar, and there's obviously some really deeper things there. And it's kind of one of those things that in shadow work they say, What you can't be with won't let you be, or what you don't own will own you. And so, what happens a lot of the time with our trauma is we push down a lot of the things that we have disassociated with. We've disowned these parts of ourselves and made them really bad, really wrong, really shameful, so that when when it does arise, you can feel really triggered. It can also be in a time where somebody says something so well-meaning. So, for example, if you're somebody that struggles with your body image, maybe someone makes a comment and goes, oh, wow, you finished everything on your plate today. Like, wow, for you, with the um, paradigm you have, with the pain that you have, with the trauma that you have, you essentially take that on as like the worst thing someone could ever say to you. You feel so triggered by it. And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I finished everything on my plate. I'm bad. I'm wrong. Which is not the case at all, right? And so when we have these really big responses in life, the the universe is showing you, hey, this needs a little bit of your attention. This needs your work. And so we can really turn our pain into wisdom when we actually step back and take full responsibility for our stuff, for our pain. Right. And there is a difference between, you know, somebody being just being an absolute dick and somebody um, and then something being your stuff. And what you kind of want to really look into here is like. If someone is just being a dick, you need to have the higher self-worth to be able to not allow that in your life. Like you have to have the boundaries in your life for it for that not to be welcomed. But <clears throat> the difference is that often when someone's just being a jerk, we we can rationalize with ourselves. We can be like um Well, that person's just not good for you, put up a boundary, let them know that they're not welcome to speak to you in that manner and sort of move on, right? When we feel really, really upset, really, really triggered, when things remind us of something or take us back, transport us to another time, that is your shit. That is your stuff that you need to work through. And when I say this, this can be such a tough pill for some people to swallow But it's also the most empowering pill to swallow. And if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't like this, I don't like this thought, I was very much in the same boat at the start as well until I realized that when I took responsibility for everything, that So much in my life could change because if I was responsible for it, I was also the solution for it. I could also change it. And by building my self-awareness, by being like, oh, that was painful or something happened there and this knee-jerk reaction happened there or that really upset me and triggered me, I can sort of go back and like unlayer and do the work and understand why this keeps coming up. And so when it comes to your triggers, it's also really important to know that like any sort of behavior where it becomes unconscious and you're like, I don't know why I keep behaving this way, is your work to, to be done, right? And I actually posted a, 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 I posted a piece of content the other night on um Having good girl syndrome, and yes, I'm aware that that's not a psychological term, but it's like I say it in um, quote unquote, is this idea of like we believe that our our role in life is just to be liked, and that we. We, we consistently push aside our own needs and we don't know why we do that or we don't know why we keep living out this pattern. And if you have any of that stuff sort of lingering in your life, it's really important to know that there's stuff that runs deeper. There is always a reason why you behave the way that you do. And it's really coming from the lens that every single human being on the planet is doing the very best that they can with the tools that they have. And I truly believe that. And I believe that we are always coming from our best intention that we know how in that present moment. And so often it means that, you know, no one is no one is really coming from this like really malicious place. Hurt people will hurt people. So this is why doing the healing work and why why taking responsibility for your own growth and healing really puts you in the driver's seat to build a better life. What I want to really go into is um beginning to understand your triggers and beginning to build your self-awareness because we never know what we don't know. We have to become <clears throat> we have to become the witness of our life experience in order to be aware of what's even playing out right and so um we have to be aware of what is playing out for us to to actually change it and so with anything it's just really important that you don't judge yourself like we're not here to judge ourselves for what we're getting triggered about we're not here to judge ourselves for why we feel resentment or jealousy or envious or any of those things this is not a judging exercise this is this requires the most self-care the most self-compassion and the most curiosity for like like really knowing okay I'm coming from my very best intentions I don't know why this is surfacing or why I'm feeling this way but i mean to choose to approach this with curiosity so we're going to go into my three-step process um, where you can really begin to look into what your triggers are and how you can start to begin to deal with them. So the first thing that I just want to preface before I dive into these three steps is that anytime you get triggered, is it's a time to get excited. And I know that it might not feel that way at the time. I know it feels quite awful. And it's really important that you create the space to feel the emotion and to empty that out and let that out. But while you're in that space of like really feeling into that emotion of what you're feeling, it's really important to become the the witness and really just view this as like, okay, I'm triggered. This is stuff that I need to work with. Coming from that space of self-love, self-compassion and knowing that like feeling your emotions and processing your emotions during this is really important. But so we're going to go into this first step. So the first step when you feel triggered is to stop. Don't react. Don't say something hurtful. Don't get angry. Don't get irritated or do, but remove yourself from the situation. Don't start saying hurtful things to other people. Don't leave messenger groups. Don't, um, don't take things so personally from that other person, if you feel that trigger and you feel like you need space to process it, remove yourself from the situation. So really, really knowing, okay, this was a huge trigger. This is my own work that I need to do. The next piece is you want to begin to start to investigate. And this is where we become the investigators of our lives. And we want to understand why we really feel triggered. we want to understand what is the emotion behind the trigger what does it remind us remind us of what is it telling us that we actually need and I'm going to go into some journal prompts that are going to really help you get to the bottom of this and like I said there's going to be a freebie so you can have access to these journal prompts so you don't need to write them down or anything but when you feel triggered the first thing to ask yourself is what emotion is this situation triggering inside of me So, for example, let's say somebody has said something and you feel angry, you feel so much anger. The next piece is why is this emotion being triggered? What do I feel I am lacking within myself in this situation? For example, to be respected, to be fully seen, accepted, communication, love, affection, safety, to be heard, What is it that is, um, what is it that I am lacking in that moment? So if I'm feeling, say, for example, I'm feeling super angry and the reason that I feel so triggered or what I feel like I'm lacking is respect. I feel like someone hasn't seen me or they've um, just been so rude towards me and not really given me the time of day or something like that. The next piece is what is this emotion telling me that I need? So if it was that I felt really disrespected, one of the things that I feel that I need is I need to feel respected. I need I need to feel seen. And you might go on a, you might go on a journey with that journal prompt of like this is what I feel like I needed in the moment. And then this is where it starts to get kind of interesting because now we're really diving into like the layers, right? And so the next journal prompt is where in my life have I most needed this from and from whom? And so this is where we can really start to begin to see, okay, like where is this trigger actually stemming from? And so for example, maybe it was with mum, maybe it was with dad, maybe it was with an aunt or an uncle or somebody in your family. And you kind of want to play in, in between the ages of zero and 25, because um, they're the most like really fundamental years, obviously zero to seven is, is, is huge, but I want to take it all the way up to 25, because I think that so much can sort of happen along the way in our life that has huge significance and huge impact that kind of gets un, um, unnoticed if we don't, if we just stick to our childhood. So really thinking about where in my life have I needed this from whom? Who was it that I needed respect from? Who was it that didn't see me? Who was it that, that, cre- that, that um, made me feel this emotion for the first time? And so then we want to move into can I trace this need back to a specific memory where it was very apparent and painful? And so what we want to do is we just want to, we don't, we don't, if we can't think of anything, we don't want to stress about that. Like you don't have to come up with all of these answers. Um, But what you're going to do is you're going to go a little bit deeper and say, like, kind of go through the memories of like, what does this really remind me of? or Where have I felt this before? And write that down. And like I said, there's no need to be perfect with any of these because you're going to go into this subconscious reprogramming exercise, which will come next. Um, But yeah, just um, do your best with what you have here. The last question is, why do I still shrink, settle, and stay small in this area of my life? How can I begin to give myself what it is that I need? And so you just want to like free flow here and just journal out whatever's really coming up for you. And then really start to think about like, how can I give myself that respect? How can I see myself more, right? Because the trigger in you is that activation where you you are outsourcing your power completely. You are saying, well, you disrespected me and therefore this is how I feel. Whereas if somebody disrespects you, you almost want to get to a point where it doesn't actually phase you it's water off your back. It's um, something that you can move past, you can put in a boundary, but you don't take it deeply personally. If you're taking something so incredibly personally and getting triggered, it's your stuff to deal with, like I said. So from here, it's time to really reprogram. And as you can see through the journal prompts is it usually always goes back to a memory. So Our adult self is showing us where our stunted inner child is still running the show. Often we have like a seven year old literally running our life because they feel so disrespected. They feel so unseen. And so they're still sitting and living inside of you, even if consciously you know a lot of things and you know how you want to live your life. On a deep subconscious level, you feel disrespected or you feel unworthy. And so what happens is you also attract experiences that are going to mirror that back to you so that so that you can actually take action to do the healing work. If you're someone that just constantly gets triggered, the universe is just like knocking on every freaking door for you to, to be like, hey, this needs your attention. You need to heal this, right? And so it's really important to begin to take that responsibility. And so after you do the journal prompts, What I want you to do is I've got a free subconscious reprogramming exercise and it's linked in the journal prompts that you will have access to. And what it's going to do is it's going to take you into a deep meditation, almost like a hypnosis, but not quite. And so all we're doing here is really slowing down our brainwaves so that the subconscious mind can come forward because the subconscious mind does not lie and it will present you with memories, right? Right. And what I said at the start of this podcast is really significant and really important because sometimes the memories that come forward seem very insignificant. They seem very small. For example, that piece around, you know, me not getting any of that cake, or it could be that your mum or dad prioritized your brother over over you in terms of like they always fed your brother or always went to your brother's um, sports Sports things and never really valued you, or you just didn't feel seen or you didn't feel heard. Like it always stems back to inner child work and really dealing with the inner child. And so, through this hypnosis/slash/meditation, what you're going to do is you're going to begin to draw these memories forward and really witness them, feel the emotions entirely that you needed to feel. And then you're going to, to, Heal your inner child by jumping in as your adult self to give this inner child what it is that they needed. There is also another way that you can do it and you can literally shift up the memory that's happened. You can literally um, go into that same memory and give your inner child what it is that they needed. Maybe that is your mom or your dad coming in to, um, to give give you what it is that you needed, that love, that respect, that that feeling of being seen is the feeling that you want and you you will feel like you have a shift inside of your body you feel you will feel like you've had this change inside of your body where you literally feel more in your worth and so when it comes to this subconscious reprogramming exercise i do suggest that you do it maybe three times three four times a week until you feel like the 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 memory is is properly programmed, right? And so what you're going to do post the subconscious reprogramming exercise is you're going to, um, when you come up from it, you're going to do some more journaling so that you can see what the limiting belief is that you formed from that, from that childhood space. So for example, um, using the same example that we kind of led on from, you're going to dive into the following journal prompts. What is the limiting belief that is being projected today that I created from this event? So for example, let's say, let's go back to my angry example where I felt really disrespected and really belittled. And well, let's just use my cake analogy, my cake example, okay? So let's say in my subconscious reprogramming meditation, that is the memory that came forward. And so I would I would look at what the belief was that I created. And let's say I felt like um, I couldn't be my authentic self. It's unsafe for me to be my authentic self because if I am, then I get wronged or shamed. And so your my belief might be, um, yeah, I, it's unsafe for me to be my true authentic self. And then in the next journal prompt, what you're going to do is you're going to begin to compare the limiting belief with your actual reality. And I want you to start to begin to look for instances where this is untrue. We really want to, um, we really want to flip this belief on its head. And I can go into my life and I can find multiple um multiple examples of why it is safe for me to be my authentic self and it's very ironic because when I am my most authentic self when I come from that really fun childlike place and I'm like I don't like the cake just give me the icing people people love that they embrace that and it's like one of my quirky traits right and so you want to really come up with the reasons as to why um You want to come up with the reasons as to why this belief is untrue. We're then going to create the new belief. So this is where affirmations really come in handy. And I always say that affirmations without getting to the root is just fluff. It doesn't work. It's like putting shit on a cake and hoping that it tastes good. It just doesn't work. But if we have gotten to the root of the block and and the trigger and we really understand what's been looping in our subconscious mind consistently, then we can begin to use a beautiful tool like affirmations to really help rewire new neural circuits in our mind that is going to begin to dissolve the trigger. So we wanna give ourselves a new belief to reinforce the truth and what we are desiring. So for example, I would just flip that belief on its head and I would say, it's safe for me to be my most authentic self. It's safe for me to be my my most authentic self. And anytime that trigger comes forward, I wanna reinstate that belief. I really want to... um, Say it enough, believe it enough until I believe it with every single fiber in my being. And for some, sometimes this can take three, four, five, six weeks of really consistent work. And that's why I said I recommend doing the, um, the trigger subconscious reprogramming exercise like three, four times a week and really, really just embedding in our subconscious mind what the truth is and the belief that we are desiring. And so this is where it kind of really becomes super life changing is because if we manifest from our subconscious mind, if our reality is a projection of our subconscious thoughts, beliefs, stories, narratives, ideologies, all of those things, and we are changing our subconscious to believe something completely different, this is where we begin to attract really cool shit. Self-worth is the law of attraction. What you believe deeply inside of your bones is what you will consistently attract and if you are not getting the desire, if you are not getting the thing that you want you have to go back and look at your subconscious programming because that is what is actually going to drive you into a space where manifestation can become easy so with that being said my loves i know that that was kind of a lot that i just said it said to you but If you feel called to, if you feel really called to want to begin to start doing this work and to build your self-awareness and take responsibility for your emotions and a lot of the things that are coming forward for you, go ahead and download my trigger meditation and journal prompts. It's over on my website on the first page, which I'm going to link in the show notes below for you to go through. And if you um, have any questions about it or if you want to talk through something that might have come up for you, I encourage you to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to chat with you through the DMs. We can just send a few voice notes back and forth. I really, really welcome you to reach out and let me know how how this has benefited you. Um, So with that being said, um, I'm going to leave it there today my phone is going off. How dare people text me while I'm podcasting? How rude. Um, I'm joking. But anyway, my loves, um, I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day and we will chat very soon.